0: When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at Bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. Bluenile.com code LISTEN. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. It's May, apparently. I was looking in the fridge, I saw some MS packaged chicken wings gross. I'm gross. And they expired May 9th. I said to my husband, what? How can chicken wings stay in date for a month? No, no. May 9th is not a month away. Today is the 6th of May. That's three days away. So that's where I'm at with this lockdown. To open the show, I thought that I would read from BBC's insurance policy. It's just one of my hobbies. Reading insurance policies. You can find this one at bbc.co.uk. It's very proudly displayed to read. Let's jump down to the exclusions paragraph. This insurance does not cover against loss directly or indirectly caused by or resulting from any person taking part in flying other than as a passenger. Any covered person taking part in any hazardous act, feat, or performance without the prior written consent of the BBC. Any covered person taking part in any hobbies or pastimes which involve hazardous activities or contact sports. The inability of any insured female to perform as a result of pregnancy, menstruation, childbirth, or condition pertaining thereto. Any covered person under nine years of age who contracts mumps, chickenpox, measles, German measles, whooping cough, scarlet fever, tonsillitis, or diphtheria. Shit. Shit. Let's hope no seven-year-olds are getting diphtheria nowadays. Loss or damage due to war risks, civil commotion, riot, rebellion, revolution, or other hostile environments. Well, let's hope not. It's just what I like to do. It's one of my many interests, insurance. And I also love working for the BBC. What an organization, what an employer. I love paying TV licensing taxes. Love that for me. What a thrill. I'm recovering remarkably well from the pregnancy loss. I bled for 40 days and then had a 45 day cycle after that. So it's just been 85 days of joy. I went on Instagram yesterday and I saw Katy Perry tweeted like a molded bustier and then big pregnant tummy outfit with the caption, what would have been? And I panicked, I thought, oh my gosh, no. Oh, no, it's just her outfit that she was going to wear over her pregnant body to the Met Ball. She just upset that she can't go to the ball. She was supposed to go to a really famous New York fashion party, and that's what would have been. But now she just has to stay home with Orlando fucking Bloom and continue growing his and her baby in their palace. So my heart goes out to her. That's a real drag. It's not a big deal, but I mean, if that is your biggest problem in life, that you don't get to go to the Met Ball this year wearing some weird pregnant silhouette. Listen, I'm surprised you were invited back after the chandelier hamburger incident. If I had shown up to someone's party dressed as a hamburger, I would not be invited back. I'm not allowed to go to the fancy party. I have to stay home and bang Orlando Bloom. Wah. But look, I enjoy Katy Perry because she had to put up with Russell Brand for an extended period of I don't know how long. And any enemy of my enemy is a friend of mine. I was deeply disturbed by an article saying garden centers had a surplus of flowers and vegetable plants that they couldn't sell because obviously they're having to close down and no one's visiting garden centers. So I reached out via Twitter, I said, if any garden center is doing no contact deliveries or if we are able to collect from you, I've always wanted to start a vegetable garden with my daughter. I think it is such a wholesome pursuit. And especially in these times when we're talking about a deficit of plants and food and we don't have people to pick farmers' vegetables and we don't have access to grocery stores. I haven't seen flour on the shelves in about a month. So I said, if you have any vegetable plants, let me know. I get a few tweets back. Really good advice. A few little hookups here and there. And then I got a tweet from a lady who... I always want to be careful about people's mental health, but like this shit was bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, she said, how dare you dismiss the life work of horticulturalists like me, you celebrities in in your glass houses thinking that you can just buy vegetables? Is that what you think? You can just buy a vegetable garden? I didn't want to tell her a glass house is the perfect place to grow most vegetables. Holy. I want to make very clear. I don't wish any horticulturalists any disrespect. I don't find that me buying a vegetable garden is like spitting in the face of what you've studied on soil and watering techniques and photosynthesis. Good for you. Just like every time I buy a book, I don't really think I'm trampling on the master's degree of an academic. Holy shit, bitch. I'm just trying to get involved. I want to learn. When was the first time that you picked up a hoe and did some gardening of your own. I'm sure you started somewhere. We're all trying to start from somewhere. God damn it. Was this Jeremy Corbyn with like a special burner account being like, not in my allotment. People are really starting to lose it. And it's sad to see. We have been watching Save the Last Dance. No, that's a different movie. We've been watching The Last Dance on Netflix. Do you know what? I probably only agreed to watch it when I thought I was going to be treated to a late 1990s interracial love affair starring Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick, Sean Patrick Scott? Sean Patrick Thomas. Everyone loves The Last Dance. It's about Michael Jordan and his career and everything he did to be as successful as he was. It's a wild show and you get drawn right in and it reminded me why I hate sports. Don't get upset. I'm allowed to watch the Kardashians, that's about nothing. You are allowed to watch a ball go through a hoop, that is about nothing. We both get emotional about the things that we like, fine. But I have learned that I actually get so emotional once I'm invested that it's just too much. And remember, I don't know how any of these games turned out because I've never been a sports fan. So when it's game five of the playoffs and the Chicago Bulls versus whomever, I forget. Bobby knows the outcome, I don't. And I'm like, oh God, what's gonna happen? Is he gonna lose? I don't like to see them lose. And Bobby's like, well, no, obviously he's not gonna lose. He's Michael Jordan. That means nothing to me. I don't know half these guys. Even in the UK, I only know sports people if they have a famous wife. There's the guy who cheated on Cheryl Cole, Colleen Rooney's husband, Alex Gerrard's husband, the Harvey Price's dad. That's how I know sports people. I am not in the game okay, it's May. I would like to address an incident from February. I couldn't say much at the time because I made a statement. I tried to smooth it over, but I've seen enough in this life to know that when something gets out of hand, thanks to social media or journalists or just the general cancel culture that we live in, The best thing to do is stay silent because I didn't want to make it worse for the other person. The other person was having a terrible time on the internet. He was very young, and I just hoped and prayed that he had the wisdom to know, okay, leave this for a while and it will go away. You get yourself into the scandal. It's not the end of the world. Nobody died. I'm talking about the NME Awards interaction that I had with a very talented artist called Slow Tie. If you didn't hear about this, well, first of all, I'd be very surprised because even my bank manager was asking me about it. People came out of the woodwork. They don't even know when I'm on tour. They don't know what I'm doing. They knew about two things. Number one, when I pretended to have a fake ass, that went all over the news. That was in the Daily Mail, sidebar of shame because I'd Photoshopped a giant botched fake ass. And number two, this NME Awards thing. And I think the reason that it got so out of hand in the first place is because nothing else very crazy happened at the awards that night. It's known to be a really raucous, drink-fueled, rock and roll affair because it's one of these long-standing awards from a rock and roll magazine. It's not on TV. There are journalists there, but it's supposed to be loose. Crazy things happen at the Enemy Awards all the time. I love the magazine. I used to be a columnist for them. I've been to the awards before. I see people living their persona. We're on stage, off stage, back on stage again. People are smashing guitars, people are jumping on tables. Someone got cut from glass at another awards and then they went to A&E. They came back to attend the after party and then had to go back to A&E again because of excessive bleeding. I think the Foo Fighters were supposed to play a song one year and instead they played 23 songs for two hours. It's just a really loose awards. I feel like one of the main diseases of our society now is an utter lack of nuance, an utter lack of context. Any time a statement is made, it's twisted, it's put, on social media and it's taken either literally or it's not taken literally enough or people say oh one thing is exactly like all the others well i know what assault is so bill cosby is the same as brett kavanaugh and harvey weinstein is the same as louis ck and all of these incidents need to be judged individually they all have their own nuance i gave really bad examples by the way like those are all bad bad they are pretty much the same with some differences but (laughs) I am a strident feminist. I believe women when they say they've been assaulted. Equally, I believe women when they say they haven't been assaulted. The internet decided that I was somehow assaulted on this night. I said on the night, no, I had a great time. I am a comedian. These are the interactions that happen. And you would not believe the amount of vitriol I had even in my DMs from women saying, well, You are the reason that all this happens because you are making apologies for him. Look, I'll tell you exactly what happened from my point of view. I was privileged enough to be asked to host the awards alongside the incomparable talent that is Julie Adenuga. We're having a great night. I was drinking as well. It's one of those awards. Taylor Swift was there. Charlie XCX. I'm looking at Courtney Love. It was just a crazy... Oh, Robin. Robin is my fave and I'd had a difficult time in my personal medical life that month, so I was in a weird place. I'm hosting the awards. Slow Tie is having a great night. He had performed, he'd won Hero of the Year, and then he starts saying something to Julie. At the time, I couldn't hear what it was, but at the time, if you are a comedian in a comedy club or a hosting scenario, you need to maintain status in the room. If someone heckles you, if someone interrupts what you're doing, It is your job to try to make it fun and to diffuse it because everyone in the room can hear that you're being interrupted. The best thing to do is to call that heckler out and try to make comedy from it. I don't deal with hecklers in a mean way, though I am a veteran of comedy, I'm a veteran of roast battle, and I can handle myself. So I start speaking to this young man. Bear in mind, he's 11 years younger than I am. I am in a position of high status. I have a microphone. We have this banter back and forth and I go with the old improv lesson of yes and. In improv, if someone says, I'm a dragon, you say, yes. And I can see her breathing fire. And they say, yes. And I'm gonna breathe fire over this whole village. And you say, yes. And you never turn someone, you never argue with someone in improv. You get what I mean? So when he says, oh, babe, you're just jealous you want me too, or something or something along those lines. I said, yeah, I do. I definitely want you. I am attracted to you. And that it started from there. So he's not a professional comedian, but also we were in our own personas because we're both in a performance space. He had just been on stage. He's known for being um, like a really, provocative entertainer. I am on stage. I'm known for being a very provocative entertainer. So you can't take that exchange and transport it to some mythical world. Like, oh, what if you had been a woman working in a dental office and your boss, well, hang on a second. What if I had been a giraffe? Because that's not the context of what happened. Was it a perfect interaction? No, but I understand how in our performance, personas, neither one of us could back down. In a normal world without social media, I mean, he gets his ass handed to him a little bit by a comedian and he sits down. He's like, ah, oh, ha, ha, everyone has a good laugh. And then he doesn't heckle again. We were very much in equal positions of power. If anything, while I was hosting and I had the microphone, I was in a greater position of power. And that's why I hate just because I'm a woman, the whole internet goes, oh, that poor thing. She must have felt. I don't have feelings, Susan. Not as a comedian, anyway. Well, well, I wouldn't have known what to say. Well, that's why no one's asking you to host the NME Awards, Suze. And that's why he didn't say it to you. I just, I can't imagine waking up the next day as a 25-year-old who should have just had a wonderful night. He just won an award. I don't know him at all. I don't know what kind of person he was interactions like that are supposed to stay in the context of the stage to take it out and to put it all over social media and then treat me like some damsel in distress the sheer hypocrisy of a huge group of people shoving down a woman's throat this idea that she was assaulted you might not realize Catherine, but you were assaulted i know what assault is I'm always banging on about the vulnerable women that you don't believe. They're trying to tell you they're assaulted. There are li- they're lining up to put their abusers in jail and no one believes them. Oh no, she must have been lying. She was drunk. She was this, she was that. Great. It's just like all those American Trump supporters with their flags who want to end the lockdown. They're saying, my body, my choice. Really? Where were you at the pro-choice rallies? huh? Love to see you outside Planned Parenthood. I don't know if I handled it exactly right. You can always go back and handle something better. But it's nothing I haven't seen a thousand times before in a comedy club. And when a young man is not a professional comedian, and he finds himself up against a professional roast comedian, he doesn't always know the right thing to say. He's being egged on by his friends or the drink or whatever. He's... I just hated the way that it turned out. It goes away so quickly, but uh, I just, I wasn't hurt by it. So thinking how hurt he must've been the next day when the whole internet came after him. The absolute lack of nuance is what gets me. The complete cancel culture is so, so deeply dangerous. And what happened two days later? Caroline Flack lost her life. And that is how that story went away. So... You know, nuance, context, empathy, forgiveness. That's what happened. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm going to read some letters now. Dear Catherine... I'm Claudia, I'm 17 and under lockdown, I've been feeling the pressure of having a fulfilling future wearing me down. I have to apply to university and courses now, and I'm not asking for your advice on what career to choose, but I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts on how to overcome the anxiety that comes with deciding what to spend the rest of my life doing and processing the idea of having to leave my friends. First of all, Claudia, being 17, you're just going to be anxious. You have three years of intense anxiety ahead of you and then you're gonna enter your twenties. I heard someone say the other day, "In your twenties, you're just a teenager with bills." Let me tell you what I was doing when I was your age, seventeen. While I was dating Bobby K, then I got my heart broken by him. Then I started sleeping with the school security guard for a while. He wasn't actually affiliated with the school. It's a long story, Claudia, but just don't, don't do any of that. I then also had to choose a university, and I didn't go to the same school as any of my friends. My friends either got married and didn't go to university because I'm Victorian apparently, or they went to one of those university towns, you know, a town that's near where you grew up, nothing else happens in that town but a school. And that is fine, but not for me. I was like, I'll study anything as long as I get to live in downtown Toronto. I applied to journalism at Ryerson University. I didn't get in. And I'll tell you why, Claudia, I really dropped the ball grades wise in my last couple years. I was super academic when I was young. And then all of a sudden I decided I wanted to be Britney Spears and being Britney Spears and academia don't mix. I got into urban and regional planning, which sounds exciting. An urban planner gets to decide where the school is and where all the trees are in the park and where the hospital goes and how the, but really what you do is you stamp permits for a three foot porch extension all your life. And unless you're really special, and I just thought, oh, I did okay, but most of my time was spent with my brand new friend, Catherine Voronietzka. She and I became Catherine and Catherine K-squared, and we just ran a riot all around Toronto. We grew really close. I still keep in contact with my high school friends, but I promise wherever you go, whatever you do, you won't lose them, and I didn't pursue urban planning, obviously. It was during my time in Toronto that I discovered all these other things. I went on Much Music, which is like Canadian MTV. I danced on a show there. I also got to present something on a show there called Much Takeover. And that was my real, like, first opportunity to, number one, be on national television. But also, I approached it from a real comedic sense. I didn't know I wanted to be a comedian. Then I started working at Hooters. There happened to be a comedy club next to the Hooters. I just popped in a few nights and did amateur nights secretly. So what I would become, Claudia, was revealed to me. I didn't seek it. I think all you have to worry about is the next few months of your life at any time. I don't say that because of the pandemic. I just mean generally, if you just move in the direction of success, it will be revealed to you. The good news is you don't have to decide now. Good luck. Here's another from Ellen. Hi, I'm 19, and I've never properly liked someone enough to be in a relationship with them. Are short-term relationships worth it? Ellen, this is an open and shut case, honey. You should only be having short-term relationships when you're 19. You need to be in a deep, dark romance with yourself, with your ambitions, with your career. Your brain is still growing. You don't know who you are yet. Let's say you lock it down with someone now. God forbid, chatz Shalom, Ellen. And then you guys change. Inevitably, you will change. Some people grow together. Some people grow apart. Only short-term relationships when you're 19, Ellen or no relationships at all. I'm just gonna breeze through as many as I can. Next, name withheld. Hey, I've just got out of a toxic five-year relationship, which made me hate and doubt myself on the daily, and I'm trying to work on my confidence. As someone who seems very confident, do you have any advice, apart from going to their house and smashing a window? (laughs) Well, that's the last thing I suggest, because that person is deceased. They no longer exist. I've been there as well and they chose you because of your empathy. You are like a special kind of honey to this bee, but you need to take what you've learned from that relationship and make sure you never get into another one. Meanwhile, well, another one that is toxic. Meanwhile, don't say the name of your ex. Don't think about your ex. Never look them up. And you can actually make them totally go away. How dare this person live in your mind rent free? They already stole five years of your life. The only thing worse than wasting five years is wasting five years plus one day. Be empowered for every day that you live without that absolute scum and never look back. Only look forward You're out. It's good news. You have the rest of your life to celebrate. What is this? Hi, my boyfriend and I have been together for a few years. I've always been very independent and moved away from my family very young, but he lived with his parents till his mid-20s. Well, that's very young for a man. Our relationship's wonderful. I feel like I've met my soulmate. Everything's perfect until it comes to his family. They're lovely people. I like them a lot, but they're very controlling of him. They're demanding of his time, expecting us to spend every single weekend with them. If we don't, they send guilt tripping text messages and they make him feel bad. This is particularly true of his sisters. When we're around, his sisters are constantly touching him, stroking his legs, touching his hair, asking him for cuddles and kissing him. They're both in their mid-late 20s. They have partners, yet they often treat my boyfriend as more of a boyfriend of theirs than their brother. There was a huge argument a few weeks ago because my boyfriend's told his family he wanted a quiet weekend. His sisters found out he spent the weekend with me and they rang him screaming at him. I know every family's different and they're used to being close, but this is the only thing in an otherwise perfect relationship that bothers me. I feel like we'll never be able to live our own lives and be independent. What do I do? I'm gonna be very honest with you. I don't like this one- bit. Is your boyfriend a Labrador? Is your boyfriend in the royal family? I think you need to stop dating a dog because the way they're stroking his legs and asking him for kisses, this man is the family pet. And I'm sorry, but it seems like it might always stay that way. And if you want to be with him, you're going to have to accept that is the incestuous water that he was raised in. And he's not going to break this habit anytime soon. This to me, I don't want to make assumptions about a man who's probably very nice. He'll be going back there and you'll be dealing with these sisters for a long time because when you marry someone, you inherit their family. Worse yet, let's say you have children with him. You just wait. This is the kind of family who are going to snatch that baby from you and demand even more of your time. And by the way, what is wrong with this man that he is so okay with your discomfort? Isn't it up to him to navigate the relationships between his sisters or his parents and his girlfriend? You can't be the one changing this pattern if it is to be changed. It has to be changed by him, initiated by him. And I would worry very much about about my relationship with a man who was very happy knowing that I was perturbed by something to the point that you're considering, you know, should I give it the old heave ho? And to be brutally honest, yeah, I think maybe find a new soulmate. This might only get worse. You know how the old saying goes, plenty of fish in the sea who aren't being jerked off by their sisters. This one's from Rachel. Catherine, I was wondering what your views are on friends with benefits. My friend wants to do it and I want to do it as well. But the whole purity message has always been hammered into me and I don't want to ruin our friendship. Purity message hammered into you? I mean, these biblical references are are a lot for me. First of all, if anything's been hammered into you, let me just help you Pull it straight out. This whole idea of abstinence and purity, most of it rests on the shoulders of women. You know, Rachel, that it is a tool of the patriarchy. We are the ones responsible for the men's purity as well. Oh, be modest, don't tempt them. And I think it has historically resulted in a lot of emotional trauma for a lot of women. I don't like anything, Rachel, that uses shame to reinforce its cause. And I also don't like the idea that fathers should be the guardians of their daughter's sexuality until she gets married, usually in a church sense, to a man. Your sexuality is not all that you are. I wish to also hear that ideas about education have been hammered into you and your goals and your objectives and your own spirituality for your life. It creeps me out when like priests have an involvement in genitals of their congregation. (laughs) Look. You believe what you want to believe. You're asking me for advice. I think that you say you want to do it. If you want to be friends with benefits, take it one step at a time and maybe you'll become something more. Don't do anything ever that you're uncomfortable with. You didn't say how old you are. Sometimes when you start making out with a friend or whatever you're planning on doing, more feelings get involved and you are maybe open to having your feelings hurt. So if there's any worry about that, maybe just stay friends. But I mean... I don't want to harp on your religion too much, or whatever it is that's telling you to be pure. But let me tell you this. Whatever you do, even if it goes badly, you're not going to hell. I promise. Can we please stay out of women's pants? God! This one is from Andrew. Hi, Katherine. My partner and I got a four-month saluki. What is a saluki? Oh, it's a dog! What a cute dog as well. Okay, so it sort of looks like a mixture between a dashant and a yellow lab. I think that's fair to say. Like okay. a maybe spaniel type small, long dog. We've always wanted a Salugi, but as they are a sight hound and we rescued a cat around three years ago, we couldn't find a suitable rescue. However, last week... We found an advert for a four-month-old Saluki. When we inquired, she ticked all the boxes and was cat safe. And we got her the same day. We do have one issue. She's a purebred Saluki. She's supposed to have paperwork. However, the person we got her from doesn't have it. We're worried that she's stolen, but she seems legit. He keeps promising to send us the paperwork, but it never arrives. Do you have any advice on how we can get this paperwork without pissing him off? Everyone's always nervous about pissing someone off. I'm sorry, a deal's a deal. A transaction is not complete until you have everything that was promised to you. It's not about hurt feelings, it's about business. This Saluki Sounds stolen to me. I'm sorry. Uh, I think if you buy a dog basically off the side of the road from an unlicensed breeder, you have no guarantee that it came from a happy place, that its mother wasn't traumatized in a puppy mill or anything else. And that's why there are systems in place like Lucy's Law to prevent animal abuse. <sighs> I hope I'm wrong and there's not a puppy mill situation or a desperate family out looking for this little Saluki, but it's a unique enough dog that what I would do is post these pictures everywhere that you can. You can send me a photo and I'll tweet it if you want. If anyone is missing this adorable little girl, they will be looking for her. So keep your eyes open, maybe take her to the vet and see if she's been chipped. You need this information. You need to know what vaccinations she needs and what vaccinations she has had, and in the future. Try to get your dogs, you know, preferably rescues, but who am I to speak? I have little designer pocket dogs that are not rescues, but I know that they're from happy homes, and I always saw their parents never, ever buy a dog without seeing the parent, seeing the condition that the parent is in. On the subject of cancel culture, I'm looking at Twitter now, and ever since last night, people are canceling Tyra Banks Just because they're bored? Because they've got nothing else to do? I mean, she hasn't even had a show in a few years. I love Tyra Banks, but listen to this. Tyra Banks said if you butter a piece of bread and put chicken spice on it, it'll taste just like fried chicken. It's been ten years and I'm still angry at her for that. Okay. Tyra Banks gave Miley Cyrus a photo of herself for her 16th birthday. Tyra is an actual psychopath. I can't believe the shit she got away with. I gave someone a photo of myself back when I worked in an office in Holborn, just apropos of nothing. We did Secret Santa, and I just, there's this guy, Matthew, I just wanted to see his face opening a framed 8x10 of me. Bear in mind, I was not on British television. I was a sales representative who worked in a different cubicle to him. I just wanted to (laughs) give someone a framed picture of myself, chiefly because I knew how fucked up it was. I did it because it was funny. So if that makes me a psychopath, lock me up. Since we're talking about Tyra Banks, remember that episode of Top Model when she made the women do a biracial photo shoot? Yeah, that was a bit weird, but I mean, it was a different time. Tyra Banks made a girl do a photo shoot in a casket after her best friend had just passed away. Okay, also weird, but producers are largely designing these photo shoots. Not always Tyra. Tyra Banks. After having that girl cut all her hair off just to send her home, that was the challenge of top model. You don't know if you're staying or going. That was the beauty of the show. A lot of crazy things happened, but Tyra Banks walked so that RuPaul could run. Let's give her a break. Please stop cancel culture. You don't know how painful it is. It's fine to criticize someone's actions. We're all working to become better people. But cancel culture needs to be canceled. Please be well, be thoughtful, look after each other, and treat everybody else the way you want to be treated. I'm rooting for you. We are all rooting for you. How dare you? Have a great week.